your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Mayor Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Just repeat that every time. Uh, muscle memory at this point. Hi, Mitch. Hey there. Hi. Uh, Mitch you... Reynolds, Mayor of the City of Lacrosse. How are you feeling? Just in case anybody's curious about who it is that's in the uh, no, we, in the studio. We don't do that. It's my you don't, show. You don't tell people who it is? Not yet. Not yet. Can I repeat that frequently throughout the hour just so people know who they're we're talking just, to? We're just going to do like a, what is it, like a cold open, like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> okay. We'll just, just like we start talking. And then All at right. the end we go, live from Wisdom, Miss <laughs> Lacrosse Talk PM with Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds Perfect. and me, Rick Solo. Perfect. I love um, it. Are you feeling okay after the Aaron Rodgers debacle? Can't lose to this team. We're not going to lose. You can't, um, can't be losing to this team. There were some some really interesting play calls during that uh, during that game that I was a little bit kind of scratching my head over, and um, and then yeah, I mean, not it, you know, and it, the interesting thing was it was it was they had a razor thin margin, really, right? And they missed. The, there's like a few key plays that they simply just missed on. And had they made those few key plays, everything would have turned out well, differently. Well, the Lions gave them a lot of, and then the, then the, the Lions made a couple of plays. But it was funny because the Lions like have nothing to play for, and the Packers have everything to play for. Except the Lions' only thing to play for was to like ruin the Packers' day. Well, you've you've played you played for the coach that that's the run through the wall guy, right? Like Dan uh, yeah. Campbell. Dan Campbell's the run through the wall guy. He's right. the like he's the coach that you know that everybody. He's a player's coach. He's the guy that you, everybody do you like that. The Bobby Knight kind of a little bit, a little bit Bobby Knight. Oof, man, I don't know Bobby I mean, Knight's. Bobby the guy. Knight's like the top of the mountain in this regard, right? Like the hard nose. Like <laughs> oh no no no, Dan Campbell's a different dude. Oh, you think? So? He yeah no no, he's absolutely not that guy. He's just you know he builds people up and then oh, he he's gets not a yell at you guy. Oh, he's definitely yell at you guy, but but he's like a pull in you. He's 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 he uh he gets you to buy in and and believe in yourself and like he you know, he's he's all supportive of the guys, he's all about the guys and they and they'll just run through a wall for him. So he was like the Dolphins D coordinator or something. So I listened to a radio yeah. show out of Miami. Okay. The Batar show. And uh they call him Man Campbell. Man Campbell. Instead of Dan Campbell. Man Campbell. So. No, I get it. Yeah. No, he's the bite the kneecaps now, guy. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's now hilarious. Do you, do you see the? Did you see how had? red his nose was? <laughs> what is going on? Do you see, well, what was going Miami, on with his nose? He's a Miami guy, and now he's well, you know yeah. indoors in Detroit. If the Man. Packers had a dome, yeah, I know it'd be I mean, entirely different. Use the six point six billion dollar budget surplus to build a dome, like potentially. If we put that I, on a constitutional amendment, would the legislature pass every single time? Voters would pass that right. <laughs> build a dome for the Packers. <laughs> Absolutely, Rogers can. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers would be way better, California boy. Um, now, do you look at how Man Campbell, the Lions coach, has this success at the end of the year, beats the Packers, and go, this is how I'm going to mayor. This is how Man Reynolds is going to mayor. Mayor Man Reynolds. Wow, nothing even close to that. <laughs> nothing even close to that. No. Is there any amount of coaching that goes on in being a mayor? Like do you? Do oh, like for sure. You have to rally the troops. Yeah, so, you know oh, I mean? without without doubt. Um, you know, a leader is a leader, and the the idea is that uh, you know you have to have you set your mission, and I determine your goals, and you make sure that um, your team, and in this particular case, the staff of the city of Lacrosse, 
is is working towards fulfilling those goals and therefore fulfilling that mission. And so, to that extent, yeah, absolutely, it is. It's you know, obviously the it's a, it's a different. We have different missions. We have different right. goals. But it's it's always the same, no now, matter how you look at it. Is your opponent the city council, or is your team the city council, or could it be both? We work together, and it's working in collaboration. I think that I don't know if the I don't the team is not definitely. You know, we we are in some regards on the same team, but they're they're independently elected officials that have their own goals and their own desires and. They want to achieve certain things as well, and that's why they're on the city council. And you know, yeah, certainly we work together. But in terms of achieving those goals, either set by them or uh, it's yeah, they're more like the board of directors. They're more like they're more like Packers shareholders than anything. Well, uh, Packers shareholders, uh, maybe, that, maybe a different team. Yeah, maybe a different team. Well, there is no other team like that. I, I think I see like I guess if we're going to use that analogy, I guess the the the, the, the city council is more like uh, the NFL team's ownership, right? Right. And and not Packers are not a good example, but they're more like Jerry Jones. But you would be the NFL. They're 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 more like Jerry Jones, and I'm more like Mike McCarthy. Okay. Although but, I'm not Mike McCarthy in any kind of way. Well, this, there's you know an election, election coming up in April, and there's six seats open on the council. Yeah, there are. three of them are unopposed. Are you disappointed right. by the fact that that there there isn't more people running in some of those races? Or I always like to see. I, well, you know, you you. You probably can attest to this as well, from from the perspective of somebody who's covered races and is certainly someone who's just watched government. It's always great when there are contested races. That means that there's there are people being held accountable. Um, in this particular case, I, I I think that you know I appreciate people stepping up to run. I'm glad that there's somebody that's running for every seat. Uh, it's it's just it's not that unusual to have unopposed races, so I'm not that disappointed. No. Because when it comes to the city council, and then you you talk about holding them accountable, well, sure. there's we have, obviously you come on the Monday before a Thursday meeting, right? So there's some pretty big things on the Thursday agenda. We're going to pass a climate action plan. It's a 170 page PDF. Do you think every city council member kind of I don't know if they have to like deep dive into it, but like peruse that and took some notes and went, you know, I like this or I don't like. And they don't have to. They don't have to do this for Thursday. But over the course of the past year, they've had to, you know, look at this thing. Yeah, and what we require is that they recite that entire 170-page document every, when they walk into the. Each person I, gets I have a no chapter. Idea. No and idea. Then um, obviously, there's this is stuff we'll talk about too. Uh, a TIF policy yep. change within yep. the, the which will go to the very, very council on Thursday. Extremely important. Extremely I, important. So, how many like, are, how many council members are like me and we're like Tiff? I got to read about that because I'm not I, sure I even know what that is. Well, I don't. I'm not entirely sure. So, at the finance and personnel committee on, committee meeting on Thursday, there was talk about not being familiar with the changes that are being proposed to the uh, not only to the economic development ordinance but the Tiff policy, which have to go hand in hand. And I was a little bit surprised by that, since the economic development commission has been working on this for the past three months, and so my I thought that it would make sense that city council members would have been up to date or up to speed on the changes that were being proposed for well, the those TIF. Those are the, just the changes. I'm saying like TIF districts. Or the oh, TIF sure. District, yeah. Just in general, too. Like to I, be, uh, uh, yeah. City council members are very, I think they're very up to speed on uh, the value of utilizing TIF as a development okay. uh, uh, a tool. I think that they're very, they understand, they clearly understand the value of that. I think that some are, you know, I think that in terms of the utilization of it, I think some are, 
you know, they have different views on that. But for the most part, I think that if we look around the city and the utilization of TIF has, has led to extraordinary developments. And I think most city council members understand that. That's one of the things we'll talk about here in a little bit. The other one, and, and also, like, how up to speed is the city council on all the ins and outs of this? The Harry J. Olson Senior Center sure. wants their building for a dollar again, essentially. Um, do you do you do you have to bring the city council up to speed on that, or do they see the drama? I had to re, I had to remind I had to remind the city council as well as it would be nice to uh, if you would remind the rest of the public as well that I was the one that offered it for a dollar. Right. So I'm the one who made the offer to sell it to them, essentially give it away for a dollar. So yes, they want it for a dollar, but I was the one who made that offer. Which so was like one of your first orders of business, yeah. right? You build yeah. a locker room. For April, the- April 29th, April 29th and 2021 or April 30th. I, I can't remember which day it was, but the, the date that I sent the email to the city attorney saying, create a, an agreement with clawback provisions to basically give the, to give this away to the, uh, to the, uh, to the Harry J. Olson organization for a dollar. With so, conditions. All right. We'll absolutely. We got to take Always. a break. Brad's got to do the news. Mayor Mitch Reynolds and lacrosse talk PM live from the wisdom studios. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds sitting here in studio. He's on his phone. He's not even paying attention. No, um, you didn't bring Cheddar with you. Are we live? You didn't bring Cheddar. I did not. I think the Cheddar, police, cheddar think the the therapy dog. to bring Cheddar later. Cheddar is the therapy dog, yep. the police department New therapy, therapy dog. dog. Yep. Um, is Cheddar just a puppy and it's going to grow big? I, <laughs> yes, it is. Of, but I don't know if Cheddar... Yeah. Yeah, puppy. It, ch- ch- cheddar's growing. Yeah, there's okay. cheddar. Cheddar gonna be a big giant, like not giant, but like a medium size dog. Yeah, know? golden doodle. A golden doodle. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then who gets to hang with cheddar? That like, is who takes cheddar home. Ryan Ladvina, Officer okay. Le- Ryan Ladvina. Yep. What a job. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna have a big furry. There. It's one thing to have like a like a um. What's a canine? I'm, I'm trying to think of a canine. A German Shepherd. Sure. Like your, your drug-sniffing German Shepherd. Sure. Dog, which seems like when you take him home, he's going to be a little intense. Like, I don't know. If it, oh, they're not. They're, I mean, they're... I mean, they're, they they're the dogs at home? They're exactly what, you know, you would expect out of the types of dogs. They're friendly and they're, you know, they're, they're really great dogs. But they have tasks and they do yeah. their jobs very, very well. They're extremely highly trained. Uh, but for them, you know, it's not... There is no animosity towards anyone that they're pursuing or anything like that. They're just doing their job and they get treats for it. Yeah. So, and they're, they're exceptional at it. When, once they take the dog home, then the dog becomes a dog. It's a family dog. Yeah. Yep. Cheddar just seems like, well, you get cheddar. It's just a little different at this point. You just get to live, you get to live the puppy life at this point. We're watching this, you know? Oh yeah. Hey, we're watching Cheddar grow up. Cheddar is to see this part. Yeah. Cheddar. We're watching Cheddar grow up. It's fantastic. 608-785-7914 is the target text line. Um, okay, TIF policy. I was trying yep. to read this. The sure. city council yep. will address um, a, a revision of TIF policy in yep. the city of La Crosse. Uh, essentially, what I what I gather from what a TIF district is, and there are, what, 13 in La Crosse? I don't have a number. No, uh, 10 to 20. Is there 10? 10 districts? Seems like it didn't print all. Nope, 16. They're not all active. But that, re- regardless, okay. uh, so TIF is uh, tax incremental financing is one of the key tools that we have for economic development within the city of La Crosse. It's been used extensively in a number of different development areas, uh, including the Quick Trip development, uh, Gunderson, um, you know, uh, uh, 
the downtown has got a TIF district uh, that we've been able to utilize to make massive improvement, improvements, at, which helps to facilitate economic development uh, without uh, by, and, and paying that development back by the increase in tax base that occurs from that development. So it is an incredible development tool that communities all over the state of Wisconsin, well, all over, have used to help improve their do communities. Think, do you think everybody knows what a TIF district is? No, absolutely not. Like, essentially, if, if you have a, a, a blank plot of land, yep. it, it generates basically zero in property tax income, right? Like they're ta- taxing no, okay. Them. So let's just, I mean, if we take, I wasn't prepared to give you an example, yeah. Rick, but well, we, people should listen to this. Right, people should understand what it let's is. Just, let's just say that, so the River Point District is a, is a TIF district, right? It's TIF, uh, TIF, whatever, 18. So let's just say that the assessed value of the property right now is, uh, it would be if uh, if it was privately owned, uh, because it's all land, we're going to put it at just do- two two and a half million dollars. Okay. So that's what it is. So if we if we use tax incremental financing to improve the infrastructure on that land or whatever else we have to do, have to do, then the increment will the the taxes that would that would uh, otherwise go to taxpayers goes off to pay those that um, that financing. So if we have at some point what we're anticipating to be three hundred million dollars worth of property there, then that increment the taxes on that increment, in other words, the amount above the two and a half million dollars, that all pays back what we, whatever we've used to, to uh, finance that, uh, that development, which means that taxpayers at large aren't doing it, but it would not happen without establishment of that TIF. I mean, the, anything that, that is happening there that's happened over the last 30 years would not necessarily have happened without taxpayer support. And then the financial backing of development that's going to happen there, a development of infrastructure, anything else that's going on there would not happen without the additional availability of the financing that's available through TIF. Businesses are, it's kind of, it's a little, it helps businesses, right? It's kind of like a, a, a not Help, a helps, payment. Help, but a, it helps our community. I mean, so and let me tell you, let's go to the TIF policy here to, to, to make this easier. So what we're doing with the, the up, update of the TIF policy and the changing economic development ordinance is that we're basically streamlining our financial incentive policy for developers. And we're, going, we're coming into line with communities around the state of Wisconsin that also have TIF policies in place. And it runs the gamut from Madison to Janesville, all, all, all the way down. Everybody's got a TIF policy. We have a TIF ordinance. In other words, if we want to utilize TIF as a financial incentive package, it has to be. It has to fall within the guidelines of the ordinance that we have in place, which means that there is no flexibility for negotiation. Which means that developers largely are looking at lacrosse, going, "Yeah, not sure if I want to build there," and then we miss out on key development opportunities because we can't get developers through the door because what exists and has existed for a really long time, not necessarily with industrial commercial property, but with residential property, is that there's a gap in funding. So if you're a developer, you can build residential property, but the return on investment is not going to be there unless there is some sort of financial uh, financing to help fill the gap between your cost and what your ROI should be. And that's where the financial incentives from the city come in. And we largely get to that point through TIF. ROI, now, return on investment. There I we know go. That one. There we go. So the TIF policy basically allows, it's an update, first of all. It updates what is in the ordinance, which is, you know, again, as an ordinance, it's locked into place unless it's changed by the city council. But through the TIF policy, which also has to be approved by the city council, by the way, we're updating that, but we're also creating uh, a way for us to negotiate the best deal with developers so that we can spur actual development and not 
create roadblocks for that same development. One of the reasons that we have a housing shortage and a housing crisis within the city of La Crosse is that for so many years we have we, we have adhered to this concept that everything everything has got to hit these certain specific markers that are in embedded in this ordinance enshrined in this ordinance but that's not real life that's not how business works and by in by by changing this tiff policy by developing this tiff policy it's better for business it's better for development it's better for housing it's better for the city of lacrosse where where does that come from like we you know, we really need to update this ordinance because it's really old and outdated and it's it's prohibiting, you know, from businesses from coming here or whatever, or apartments. One of the things that we found with the Fifth Ward residents, and that's, the, of course, the the, uh, develop, the STEZO development on the, um, the old train plant six site, that is a very challenging. So if we had, if we were Holman and we just had cornfields to build out into, by the way, cornfields that they can't provide services to, but that's beside the point. If we just had cornfields to build out into, it wouldn't be a big deal. But we've got brownfield sites, infill sites that cost a lot more to build on than if you throw up a uh, you know a four bedroom, three bath home in the middle of a cornfield. It just costs more money, and so um, and so when we when we were in negotiation with Stizo to build Fifth Ward residences, we found out very early on, especially with the cost of of building supplies and the cost of labor and the cost in general of construction, that it was just our TIF ordinance was outdated. And it was causing us significant problems with getting that deal done. And we finally worked through, last year basically, we worked through, well, no, it would have been 21, that we worked through the concessions that we needed to get to to make sure that we could make that building work. Uh, or those buildings work. And that's what we did That's what we did with that development uh, agreement. Now, what we'd like to do is make sure that we can do that without the um, enormous amount of, of time and effort and delays that that caused. I mean, you think about that's one development. Think about all the development that's going to go on River Point District and how much longer it will take if we can't have more flexibility and make this more advantageous to business. And so, you know, I think staff have known for a really long time that we needed to up- update our TIF policy and our development agreement ordinance, and it, you know, it became very clear to me as well. And so, I I was absolutely when it was when they when it was recommended to me that this was something that we needed to do as a city. I'm all on board because I recognize that our priorities as a healthy community should be advancing our goals of delivering a a much greater availability for quality and affordable housing. Quality in all housing, frankly. I mean all housing. And this is what will help us get that done. The developers come and go, hey, this policy kind of sucks. You guys yes, all the it. time, for years, okay. for years, so, absolutely. Just a matter no, of like, absolutely. Okay, no. we need to do something Yeah, no, it it's, been, it's been, they, it is a universal agreement that what we have is far too prescriptive, far too limiting, and it doesn't reflect what the reality is of economics right now. And, it, and absolutely, if you look at it just on its face, and the folks, I tell you what, the folks who came up with this this ordinance years ago and that have advocated for it, you know, they think they're they fully believe in it. But times have changed. That ordinance was built around the TIF incentives that were handing being handed out to train train company. You know how many TIF incentives train company needs? Absolutely none. That was a garbage agreement that somebody decided was a good idea back in the day, which really was not necessary in any kind of way. But uh, and has led to the situation that we're in now. Commercial property—it's different. The requirements or the 
the financial burdens of developers for commercial property, industrial property are significantly different than they are for residential property. And we need to recognize the fact that we need to focus on residential development here in the city of La Crosse. Is the new policy going forward or does it go to some of these, you know, map circles? Forward, on map? Yeah, we can't okay. do retroactive. We can't change contracts that are already in place. Okay. Mayor Mitch Reynolds in here with us. TIFF talk is not going to continue after this. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Mitch Reynolds in the studio with me. All right, we uh, we, we talked TIFFs. Get that out of the way. Sure. I don't know if we're going to talk uh, snow emergency. We'll, we'll have to have a snowstorm before we do that. Sure. It's going um, well, by the way. Snow emergency stuff is going well. So is the, side, the new sidewalk clearing ordinance. All that's going very well. It took me a while to kind of understand the snow emergency thing. Once yeah. the snow emergency is called, it's six hours later it gets enacted. Yeah, unless it's between six. So this is, you know, problem. Right. Problem. one of the problems with having a snow emergency is that it's kind of messy. But at the end of the day, if it snows, use alternate side parking. I mean, right. chances are if it snows enough where you're like, oh, it's snowing, then chances are you got to be alternate side parking. So just, just look at it that way. If it's ice raining and then the city would say, oh, this is dangerous, alternate side parking. Yeah, I mean, just I, I think happened a couple really weeks. basic common sense really comes into play here. When in doubt, alternate side yep. park. That's what I would do. Um, all right. So uh, another thing on the city council's agenda, sure. which is kind of up in the air, is whether or not to, uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, whether or not to sell the Harry J. Olson building, the senior center building, which is the old church, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to the Harry J. Olson Senior Center people for a dollar with conditions. Yeah. There's st- new conditions. So, yeah. So this is a resolution that has been put forward by the Harry J. Olson folks. And it really is, uh, you know, it's, it's flawed on its face, uh, not because of the conditions, but because that the assumptions and the recitals are absolutely false. And, uh, and this has been a theme throughout this whole thing. I mean, what this is, is this is, a, this is a, um, an effort by the representation, not not by the general members of the Harry J. Olson organization, who frankly have probably been sold a bill of goods by the representation. But the representation is, this is a negotiation tactic. Uh, I made an offer to sell that building to the Harry J. Olson organization for a dollar, basically giving it away, uh, not because that was required by the city council. Just to be clear, the city council has never decided to sell the building for a dollar to anyone, despite what the representation has for the Harry J. Works? It doesn't matter what Public Works decides. They can recommend something, but the City Council decides. The yep. City Council resolution, I think it's 15-1219, that was passed on uh, January 14, 2016. That, that, that keeps being cited as, as a requirement for the city to sell the building for a dollar. That's not what it says. That was never a requirement. The reason why I offered the building, I wanted to offer the building for a dollar is because I was in those meetings seven years ago as I was covering those meetings. Yeah, I know you were sitting in my chair. Yeah, I know oh, that there. There, uh, Dick Swans, uh, God rest his soul, and uh, Bob Sequist, who, by the way, now lives in Holman, they were, they both were talking about getting, you know, getting, moving on past these old senior centers and developing senior programming within the city of La Crosse. And this idea came up about selling the buildings for a dollar. That was a recommendation. Went to the city council. Was never adopted. But you know, I thought let's let's go ahead and try that. See if the city council agrees to it. So I I proposed an agreement. We proposed an agreement with conditions because because the city council city taxpayers have been supporting this building for decades. Well, and and so I offered an agreement. They didn't like it. I came back, made some concessions. 
they still didn't like it, and then we reached an impasse, and they then now the representation for this organization says that they they want their own conditions. They want to dictate terms for the city to donate the public facility to this very small organization, and they're using public a public opinion and essentially lying to the public and lying to their members about the actual situation that's going on here. And that's fine. If that's I, I have to admit, it is a great strategy because in the past. The city council and mayors have, uh, you know, it's it's a bad look to 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 tell the seniors that that they're that they don't get their free building anymore. Right. And so I completely understand. Great tactic, great strategy, well, but they're being they're being frankly dishonest and they're mischaracterizing the whole thing. I'm the one who offered them the building for a dollar. It has never been in question about selling the building for a dollar to the senior center. It's they just want to dictate terms and they're trying to go through the council to do it. Well, after this, we're going to go after the military. So we'll do that after. Did it. <laughs> um, when Terry Callens, the the lawyer representing, I don't know. You know, this is the jerk store moment for me. It's a Seinfeld reference you won't get. Uh, like, afterwards, I was like, wait a minute. Well, Terry Collins, why do you need to be in here? Why does it? Because I had Erin Goggins, the executive director of the senior center, in right. here. But she brought her lawyer, Terry Collins. And I was like, after the fact, I was like, wait, why did we need a lawyer? Are you being sued? Is that why we need a lawyer? Or we just need to yeah, walk they, the line? They, they brought in uh, Mr. Collins uh, to uh, help them wend through this process as when we delivered the, uh, the, the proposed agreement back in late 2021. Uh, Terry, uh, uh, Mr. Collins jumped on board, and uh, that's, that began the, the, uh, the acrimony, essentially. I mean, he's, this is how this started, is that he has been... Um, that the representation of Harry J. Olson has, they haven't liked the conditions that the build, the city wants to give them the building under, and well, they want to, they want to dictate their own conditions well, through the represent to the representation. One of the conditions he said that they didn't like on the show was that if they wanted to make improvements by f- updating the bathroom fixture, not true. They would have to go through the not city true. council. Yeah, none of that. And, and you know what? And, and this is the other thing is that one of the things that he is. He is referencing some, there are some items that were referenced that were part of an original agreement that was proposed, that I proposed, that I made concessions to. I, I, told, I directed staff to make concessions to. We sent them another agreement back in May that um, I thought was perfectly reasonable. It's basically, there's clawback provisions. If, they, if, we, if we give them the building, they sell the building for $750,000, you know, the city should get something back for that since we've been supporting it. Right. As a building for the last, I don't know, several decades, so there should be some level of clawback there. The one of the some of the other conditions were just making sure that any agreement that they get into as an organization, any contract agreement, gets a run through, and I, I don't remember which body does this, but gets a run through through the city to to ensure that any liability that they're incurring doesn't complicate any clawback provision that we have that's in place and these clawback provisions aren't permanent they 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 you know they uh they sunset after a certain amount of time and we're also holding it on to it as a as a as a polling place now i don't know why they wouldn't want that to be a polling place but maybe that's just I, I don't, i'm not sure i actually no i think it's part of their part of what they've proposed as their conditions is to maintain it as a polling place so good for them and i appreciate that yeah they didn't sound too too off on that idea. All right. Like, is one of the provisions, like, if you decide to put a Popeye's chicken drive-through in the back of the building, like, you would have to go through city council to do that? You'd have to do that anyway. Anything that, you know, anything that you have, any requirement for licensing or anything else that you would want to do, you have to, you have to fulfill that licensing requirement, whether you're a senior center 
or if you're already a Popeyes. And by the way, if somebody wants to start a Popeyes in Lacrosse, can you just call me? Because I would really love to eat some Popeyes chicken once in a while. What What is the dilemma now? Is the what's on the city council agenda is a proposal to sell the building for a dollar again? Correct. Yeah, this is a proposal that came from again the representation from the Harry J. Olson organization, and it it um, it is the terms under which. They have been trying to dictate this donation from the very beginning. Yes. Okay. Are there terms in there that you don't like? Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it protects the taxpayers well enough. I, okay. Again, I have consistently talked about basically giving them the bill. Selling it for a dollar is not. I mean, it's a donation. Well, we're, like we said last month, it should be like a dollar seventy now. With inflation. I know with inflation, dollars or something. Yeah, dollar seventy. And I've been very consistent with that approach, and it's not. It's not. That's never been in question. That has never been a situation where I, I've, you know, I'm I'm not trying to kick seniors out. I want to give them the building. It, they just the the again, what if I think if members understood that 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 or public understood that that the the proposal that was offered to them back in May was actually pretty favorable, not only to them but to taxpayers as well. I, I think that they would have questions about the representation of Harry J. Olson, and they should. Um, okay, Erin Goggin is the executive director there. She sent this email or this text here, okay. so I, have to, I haven't read it. I, sure. It's a long text, so I'll, I'll just read it verbatim. You'll you'll have to uh, excuse my poor ability to read. Mayor mm-hmm. Reynolds continues to misrepresent the history of the impasse between the city and the Harry J. Olson Senior Center. It is disappointing that the mayor misremembers the promises he made to the seniors. For the mayor to say that I am lying and being dishonest throws my integrity into question. We have never tried to dictate terms. The mayor has refused to talk with us. Happy to talk with the mayor anytime he refuses. I do not lie. I do not mislead the seniors. That's her perception. That's fine. I have documentation, so I don't know what I don't. I'm, I'm sure that uh, Ms. Goggins has some documentation to uh, indicate the amount of times that she's tried to meet with me. All right. So you're you're saying that you two have? I mean, she could call right now. We could do this right here on the show. We could we hash out the terms. What other? What other terms in in terms of uh, you know selling the dollar selling the building for a dollar with with conditions don't you like I mean is there a whole bunch of those because you say they she, they have they've they've offered two conditions that uh, there's a their clawback provision is that if they, if they go belly up then then we can reclaim it for a dollar there are no unfortunately there's there's some significant issues there with um, it's hard to get into at this point, but just saying that you know you can buy this building back for a dollar is a, is somewhat disingenuous. So there is that, uh, and they and they will they will also provide. I think they'll uh, maintain it as a polling place for. And I don't remember you have. I'm sure you have the resolution up, but it's, and those are the conditions that they would agree to. And frankly, you know what? If the city council says that's good, then that's good. I'm fine. That's okay. I, it's really up to the city council. But but the rep- misrepresentation that somehow. That that I that I don't want them to buy the building is ridiculous. I was the one that offered them the building for a dollar, and it's and the constant attacks against city and city staff and going after the rest of the senior program that we have ongoing in the city is just ridiculous. I mean, the amount of the hundreds of seniors that we have taking advantage of senior programming, not only through parks and recreation, but the, the library as well as the meal sites that we have. I I mean, I'd stack that up against any community. And yet they have these, this leadership has constantly put this messaging forward that somehow we're not providing anything to. In fact, the only fellow that said anything remotely that sim, that uh, suggests that we're doing anything that's uh, 
remotely decent, I think, is Ralph Geary. I think he was at the F&P committee the other night and, and talked to the county board supervisor, talked about how we're, we're providing uh, comparable services to other communities except for having a, a, a dedicated site. And I, I it, and it's, it's, it's frustrating, I think, for city staff who work very hard all the time to make sure that we have fantastic programming for seniors. I think it's also just disingenuous of of anybody who's representing this organization to suggest that they have not been offered this building. They they could walk they could have walked away last year with this building for a dollar. And I think that it's just it's silly to suggest otherwise. Um, and they were they've been using the building. The, the last contract I heard was in 2016. They signed a five year deal, which ended in 2020. At least the, le- the, the lease. Yeah, the lease. Uh, the lease, the lease renewal was through the end of 2020. That's what the city council approved in 2016, was a lease renewal through 2020. The city council has taken no action since then. There's not been any, you know, and, and to be fair, there has not been a lease renewal that's been brought to the city council for approval either. But to this point, the only action that we have goes back to 2016. That's to renew the lease through the end, through for, basically through the end of 2020, which means that there is no current lease on the building um, that is being used by the city. You know what? It stay there. Use the building. Take the building. Take it for a dollar. The my constant focus has been on ensuring that we're providing that we're making sure that we're being fair to all of the taxpayers that have invested heavily in this and the structure and the programming and all the other things that go on there. And if the city council decides that that's not important to them, then 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 so be it. It is what it is. I mean, the conditions are simple, right? You you get the building for a dollar. You can't turn around and sell it for profit, and then just not have a senior center anymore. I mean, think about what we're talking about here. Put make like think about if this were any other nonprofit organization, and it was any. Just think about what other nonprofit organization, and say they've been using a city building, and the city has been maintaining the building, providing routine maintenance on the building. And uh, it is a, a city asset. And, and we turn around and we give that asset to, and, and you fill in the blank, I don't know, whatever your nonprofit organization is, whether it be the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the, uh, I mean, the Girl Scouts are in a city, city building right now. Say we, we say, you know what, you're right, go ahead and have the building. I have to be responsible to taxpayers to make sure that their investment is also protected. Serve, great. Provide your services as a senior center. Absolutely all into that. That's why we're offering this building for you. But you have to continue to provide those services, and we're going to ensure that by make by having you agree to these conditions. And if you don't agree to those conditions, that suggests that perhaps that's not your goal, and that your goal is really just to turn. Now, I, again, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I can't say that that's what their that's what their motivation is. But I have been very consistent with my desire to, to, to move, to have them own that building. That's why I had directed staff initially to provide them a proposal to actually buy the building. Which they refused. They did Well, they didn't like the terms. Yeah. Um, could, we, could we go beyond this and go, okay, any nonprofit out there that wants a building for a dollar, could we auction it off, start at a dollar? How many nonprofits out there that just want a free well, building from the city? And I, it, what was part of the resolution that was passed in 2016 was, um, I have to look at the exact wording, but essentially, you know, what happened with the Southside neighborhood, the Southside uh, Senior Center, the Southside Senior Center, is that I believe it was 2019. It was it, the city council agreed to uh, put it put it up for, as a, as a surplus property, because that is what was you know that was the idea is that 
if these buildings weren't sold, they would be just like any other city property. They would be listed as surplus property. In other words, they would be open for the public to buy. And if if we choose, if the city council chooses not to go that route, and frankly, if the city council, if the, all city council members say, you know what, you're right, let's, let's sell it to them for a dollar under these conditions, you know what, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely okay. I don't think it's a good idea uh, in terms of uh, public policy, in terms of uh, making sure that we're protecting the investment. But if that's the will of the city council, and I don't think it is, uh, I think that um, you know, hopefully they will they will provide some other uh, conditions to go by. But could the council come back with a different proposal? Like, okay, this is your proposal, senior center. We're going to negotiate a little bit, and the next sure. month we'll. Do I, I guess else. if the city council wants to get into the business of negotiating contracts, then I, I can't. There's is that not, how this would work? Not entirely anything I can do to stop them. Or is it just a yes no? I mean, it feels like oh, they can they can try to amend it. That's for sure. Yeah. But you know, if this are, then then it's a process of negotiating through committee. The process of negotiating through committee is that's that's not the reason why we have professional staff is so that we can protect so that we can protect the city's fiduciary interests mm-hmm. as well as make sure that we're serving the public. And if the city council, as a committee, wants to get into that business of negotiating contracts and making those decisions, which they're frankly not individually qualified right. to do necessarily all the time, then basically what you're saying is that we don't need the staff anymore. What, thank you, Mr. City Attorney. Actually, we don't need your services anymore, which is ludicrous. So I guess if that's the, if that's the route they want to go down, that's the route they want to go down. I think it's a really bad public policy, and uh, uh, I, I just I, I I think that that sends a, a horrific message to city taxpayers. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds in here. We're just going to wrap up. We got about a two minutes. Okay. Two minute warning. Uh, <laughs> not even going to go. We're not going to go Packers talk anymore. Yeah. Um, the new state legislature. I yeah. think they're sworn in. Yeah. I think it yep. went a little bit smoother than the U.S. Yeah, House. The U.S. House. Yeah. Did I say U.S. No, state Wisconsin State Legislature. Yes. Obviously, uh, not the first order of business because we we have other topics being thrown out there about. Uh, constitutional amendments and legalizing medical marijuana, but right. there is that thing: six point six billion dollar budget surplus. Um, how much of that? How much of that needs to be addressed to um, municipalities and cities? And well, whether we're talking about the surplus right now or the the revenue model in general, I have a great deal of optimism right now, and I think that municipalities around the state do as well. About the legislature, there's the willingness now, the understanding about how sh- how difficult it's been for municipalities just to provide basic services without making significant cuts every single year or or having creating some other fiscal crisis and so i really do have a great deal of optimism that the legislature is going to make some significant change in the shared revenue model i mean i don't know what that's going to look like i'm going to continue my work to uh tell our stories and try to to do what i can to convince them to make the make it equitable and make sure that the revenue that's coming to the local governments keeps up with the expenses that we're incurring all right that's the cross mayor mitch reynolds thank you mitch yep